Well, hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We are excited to see you and to be together a little bit. And we look forward to talking through what it means to learn how to live in the way that Jesus wants us to live. And that's really what the heart of all this this weekend is, is all about, is really learning to live. And, and that's, what I, that's what I've called this, is learn to live. So here's the question. So do you, do you learn how to live when you're little? Are you just experimenting along the way when people say, live a little? What does that mean? Is that a learned behavior or are you just having fun and that's living? Can you be intentional about learning while you are living? <laughs> I hope you're following all that. Sounds confusing. But today I want to talk about that. I think in our lives we learn how to live missionally and how to live for the kingdom of God as we experience our relationship with Jesus Christ. So what happens this way starts to happen this way. And as we become more like Christ, that starts to be contagious in our walk with the human race. So that's where we're going. So I hope that you will saddle up and be ready to go with me. Now, this, this context that I have today for you is in Luke chapter 9. And it, it's in verses 51 through 56. And it's just this short little passage. I do not recall in my lifetime ever speaking on, on this passage. I think I've referred to it, but I don't know that I've ever broken it down and looked at it. And I want to today. And it has some really great parts. And it has some really funny parts in it. But you're going to see human nature at its finest and its worst. And you're going to see Jesus in his divine nature trying to help us humans overcome our human nature. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Let's just dive in. Number one, here's, here's the challenge. When you live for Jesus, he wants you to learn how to live missionally. That's the word, missionally. This is a new word, by the way. I don't think it's in the dictionary, but it's been a buzzword for, I would say, the last decade maybe, especially among Christians and churches who are accepting this challenge to live missionally. And I'm going to read a verse, verse 51 of Luke 9, and I'll talk about it. It says this, As the time drew near for Jesus, it says him, but it's talking about Jesus, for Jesus to ascend to heaven. What's that? That's Luke, the author. He's jumping all the way to when Jesus has been crucified, resurrected, and ascends into heaven. He's, he's jumping clear to what will become Luke chapter 19. This is chapter 9. At this, As the time drew near for Jesus to ascend to heaven... Luke's looking that far ahead. Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Now, normally we would just read this verse 
And it would be a transition verse. It would be one of those verses where you go, oh, okay, he's going to Jerusalem. But I don't want to do that today. I want to stop and pause and ask the question, why did Luke say it like this? Jesus knows he's going to go to, the, to death on the cross. He absolutely gets that. He also understands that he's going to be alive again after death, risen from the dead. And then he knows he's going to ascend into heaven and he's going to leave all of us on the earth, his disciples, everyone else. Luke sees the whole picture as he's writing this, as he's reflecting back and remembering. And he said that Jesus is resolute. In other words, he has set, he's made up his mind. He's going to Jerusalem. That's where all this was going to happen. Gethsemane, the garden, the preparation, his, his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And then he would die there. He would come back alive there. But Luke wants us to see that Jesus has a missional life. In other words, it's not just by happenstance that he's going to Jerusalem. He's going there because he knows that's where all of this is going to happen. So let me just ask you a practical question about this. What do you do in your life that's intentional? And what just happens to you in life that comes your way, whether you plan it or not? We have both. All of us have both. That's just the reality. I don't know what's going to happen in the rest of my day today. You don't know what's going to happen in the rest of yours. But I make plans pretty much every day. My life is planned out pretty far ahead. Now, hopefully, if God throws a curveball in there and something happens, I'll be able to handle it. I'll be able to take it. But I want to live missionally in that I don't want to be all of a sudden an old guy ready to die and I haven't done the mission of God. I haven't been intentional about loving people or planning day trips with my kiddos or making good friends. I want to have a good marriage. And so I must be missional and intentional about all of my relationships. So if I want to get closer to someone, I need to call them up, plan some time together and make it happen. That's what missional means. So ask yourself the question this week, am I living with mission? Am I truly planning my life? Am I prayerful about being intentional about those relationships, those people that God is opening the door for me to be a part of their life. The second thing in your notes is if we're going to let love live and we're going to, to learn how to live, then we're going to live with preparedness. Live with preparedness. That's number two in your outline. So this point is pretty quick, but I'll just, I'll just make it and we'll move on. Verse 52. Jesus sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. Now, Jesus did this often. If you read the Gospels, you'll see that when they get to Jerusalem, he actually sends some people to, to go make plans for the night. He sends people to make sure that there's uh, accommodation for his entourage, his, his group. And so... He sends some people ahead into Samaria and there's this little village 
and they're going to set up camp because it won't be too long. They'll all arrive, and he's planning ahead. Being prepared is one of the greatest traits that you can have. So I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was a youth pastor in Denver, Colorado, one of the annual trips that we had with, with our young people was a camping trip, like a two-night true backpacking trip. We would take, you know, everything on our backs. And this one year, we were going to really stretch it, and it was six miles one way to get there. Now, that's a long ways. If you've ever hiked in the mountains, one mile is a long ways. I knew this would test a lot of people, so we had a lot of sponsors. We had everything planned out, extra food. We did everything we could in preparing. However, we had some interns who came in to help us from Bethany Bible College. Foth used to be the president of that Bible college. And there were four of them. Now, guess where Bethany Bible College was at the time? It was in California. California has mountains, but it doesn't have some of the extreme weather that we have, especially where these interns lived. So we have a checklist for all of our students, hiking boots, rain gear, tents, all this stuff. So these interns show up. I don't give them the checklist. They're adults, right? <laughs> so we get up to the mountain. We take these buses up there. We had like 70 students with us. And we're going up the trail, and I'm standing off to the side of the trail saying hi and high-fiving everybody as they're coming through. And these interns come through, and two of them have on flip-flops. Flip-flops. And we're going up a mountain trail in Colorado. <laughs> Rocky, you know, roots of trees, water. It was like, I just, I said, do you guys have any other shoes in your backpack or anything? No, we, we just thought this would be a nice little, nice little walk. That is not preparedness. They survived. We all survived. But Jesus is trying to model to live well, we need to be prepared. This involves things like you're preparing your family, um, preparing financially, making preparations for food and resources and shelter and clothing and planning. All of these things honor God in how you are living. So think about what you're doing here. Now, we're about to see something in this story, and it takes a twist. And I need to set it up by saying, notice it was a Samaritan village. Jesus is Jewish. If you looked on a map, you would see that this Samaritan area is right in the middle, and there's this whole Galilee area and then there's Jerusalem down in the south. The Samaritans and the Jewish people hated each other. You talk about ongoing hatred. They didn't even like it when people came through on the same trail. They had their own trails to get to different places. Jesus was going to go into Samaria and stay the night. See? Just, just remember that because I'm going to go to point three. Here we go. Live graciously. That's number three. So we definitely live missionally. We live with preparedness. But number three, we live graciously. Verse 53. 
But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem where the Jewish people hung out. When James and John saw this, I love these guys. They said to Jesus, now can you imagine saying this? Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? <laughs> That's terrible. That is terrible. But Jesus turned and rebuked them. He's like, uh, guys, that's not how we live. We're not going to use our power to burn up people who reject us. This is a huge story as it relates to racism. It's a huge point as it relates to some of the things that we see culturally right now happening in our world, which saddened me greatly. These people in Samaria, this little village, found out that they were going through to go to Jerusalem. Now, they didn't reject Jesus because he was Jewish. That wasn't the point. They didn't want him to stay in the village because they knew that he was on his way to Jerusalem and he would be worshiping in Jerusalem. Whole different set of beliefs. They viewed that as though he was rejecting their religion and their God, which he was. And they said, because of that, you're not welcome here. So I have a question. This is really practical. How do we handle people that don't believe like us? We've been through a year, haven't we? We've been through a year where people have had strong opinions. Our country is divided. No, no question. No question. What are we doing as the people of God to help mend that back together again? Or have we fallen into the trap of somehow justifying our own opinions to being more important and more valuable than someone else's? And how is that impacting my love for people who disagree with me? Am I rejecting people based on the fact that they don't see politics from my lens? Do I dislike people because they voted differently than I voted? These are big questions. You've got to examine your heart because this is dividing our country. We have forgotten our first love. As people of faith, those things are minor compared to understanding the power of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's exactly what's happening in this story. They are rejected because they're on their way to Jerusalem. So this village says, no, you're not welcome here. Keep going. And then when the word comes back that there's no place for them to stay, James and John are equally as guilty as the village in Samaria. And they go to Jesus and say, let's burn them down. Let's take them out. If they don't want us there, we'll, do, we'll deal with them. We'll, we'll bring fire down from, from heaven. Do I want the wrath of God to fall on people who disagree with me? Or am I going to live graciously? Am I going to live with a passion toward the lost? 
Am I going to live with a passion towards people who don't share my political views at all? They might not even share my theological views. So Jesus, imagine this. Jesus had to turn literally to these disciples and say, guys, uh, no, that's not who we are. That's not what we do and it's not what we're going to do. So how dare you even think like that? I think it shocked Jesus. I think sometimes right now when I look at our culture and all the things happening, I think God must shake his head at times when he sees the church and he's wanting to say to us, lift your head just a little higher. What you see in the chaos of the world, lift your head just a little higher because there's a bigger plan. There's a bigger goal than getting people to side with you. It's the goal we have that offers grace to people who don't like us because of what we believe and who we are. Will I be about that? Jesus teaches us that. And lastly today, live with flexibility. Live with flexibility. It's a big word in the sense of, can we really do this? Verse 56 answers what they did. And it just says, so they went on to another village. You might expect to read a verse that says, so they decided to pick a fight, go into the village and tear stuff up. That's not God's way. They went to another village. Can I just propose, when you face rejection, and when you face people who don't want you to be where they are, when you feel that resistance, maybe you just go to another village. Maybe you don't have to fix that village. Maybe, maybe God isn't asking you to be the Savior to people who don't see it the way you see it. Are we learning from this? Am I learning from this? Can I have the grace that Jesus is offering to just say, I would love to have stayed there, but they don't want us, so we're going to move on. Oh, we don't have to leave a mark. We don't have to mess anything up. We don't have to prove anything. We're just going to go somewhere else. Guys, gals, sometimes walking away from the fight is the most godly thing you can do. Not getting stuck in the middle of proving your point, even if you are right, you might just need to go to another village. There's a time when you need to be heard. Jesus confronted mostly religious people who were legalistic, and he didn't run away from that. But you know what? In this case, when he was rejected, he didn't go in and try to make a point and prove them wrong. He just went somewhere else. I want us to ponder this passage. Just in a quick recap, when you think about Jesus knowing his mission and heading toward Jerusalem, knowing it was a ways out, he's going to live missionally. Will I trust God in the path he's called me to? Because when I live missionally, I suddenly don't see some of the roadblocks that are in my way because I'm going for a bigger prize. Don't get sidetracked. Don't let that conversation keep you from your best and being your best.
fight for what's right, but do it in a way that honors God and offer grace to those who don't see it your way and sometimes walk away without proving your point. Let's learn that today. Let's learn it biblically. Here's the bottom line, and this is my wrap-up thought. As the people of God, we need to be the people who build bridges. More than any other group I can think of, we are the bridge builders on this earth to bring together people who don't see it the same way. Am I a voice of reason? Am I someone God could put in the room to help build a bridge, to help people to value each other that naturally do not value each other? And how will I do that? Only with God's help, I'll promise you that. But you can do that by leaning in, by trusting Him, by being on a mission, and by paying attention to what's around you. So don't just pray, God, burn them up. <laughs> let's be bigger than that. Let's lift up our heads and let's see a bigger mission that God is calling us to as a church. That's why we say let love live right there. Because love is alive and well. It's people who mess it up. Let's be the people who make it live again on our streets, in our neighborhoods, in our office buildings, in our grocery stores, everywhere we go. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have right now to simply confess to you that sometimes we have a little bit of James and John in us and we just want the fire to fall and consume those who don't see it our way. Sometimes we just want to get even. We want to prove our point. We want to prove someone else wrong. I pray we would learn today to be the gracious people who offer the olive branch, who offer a way forward in a relationship that is broken. And sometimes just to walk away to another village, to leave the place where there could be a fight. God, I pray that you would give us the wisdom we need to discern our relationships. Empower people right now who are in the middle of this to have the grace and the mercy and the wisdom to navigate it well in a way that honors you. We trust you today and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name. If you're without Christ, we would love to pray with you. All it takes is you saying, yes, I want to live missionally. God does have a purpose for your life and he will help you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Love you tons. And uh, let's let love live as we listen, connect, and serve. Have a great week. God bless.